Hey, what is up, ISM family, and welcome to episode 15 of the ISM show. Uh, last week, we had the honor and the privilege of allowing Cole and Josh to interview our district superintendent, Pastor Phil, and that was an absolutely incredible interview. In fact, I would encourage you, if you haven't seen that yet, to go ahead and go back and watch that one, even before you watch this one. Uh, this week, uh, we allowed Josh Heinzman and Cole Callies to interview Paul Heinzman, who is one of our executives here at the Illinois District Council of the Assemblies of God. Not only is Paul Heinzman one of our executives, but he's also a former district youth director. And uh, we just bring honor to him for that. Uh, you know, if there's any success that I'm having in this position right now, it's because guys just like Paul Heinzman that came before me that set up this, this incredible foundation of community evangelism, and discipleship, and culture in Illinois student ministry. So I am so excited for you to get to hear from Paul Heinzman's heart as he shares with you today on the ISM Show. Enjoy. Thank you, Pastor Paul, for being here with us today and joining, you know, me and your son for this amazing Q&A. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Hi, so, thanks hi for having me. Yeah. Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's get started like we did last week. So, first question that I have for, for you, Paul, and this is about some, uh, you know, coming up. We're going through a lot of change, mm -hmm. uh, especially, you know, the biggest change I think we've ever seen uh, for the church, especially. Um, but this is more geared towards younger leaders and like, you know, Josh and I, we're going into the, we're going to be like the next generation coming up. So what is some Lord advice that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what is some advice that you have for upcoming leaders that are coming into this world that is ever changing? Well, it's a, it's a, actually a pretty deep question. To I know, ask I, because, I know it's a pretty loaded question, uh, but it's, because you have cultures that are. Uh, coming, uh, you know, just coming against each other and battling it out. You have um, demographics of age and all those different things. I think it, if there was one thing that I would focus on for the young leader who is trying to stay focused is keep the right thing the right thing, if that makes any sense mm -hmm. to you. Um, methodologies, methodologies and um, the way that we approach ministry will always change, but one thing mm -hmm. never changes, and that's our relationship with Christ. And so um, take care of you. Make sure that you stay on track. It's so easy as a leader um, to um, just veer off by one degree from the mm -hmm. direction and the vision that God has placed in your heart. And over a period of time, that one degree is going to create a, a, a real big distance between what you are wanting to accomplish compared to what you are accomplishing. And so... And stay in tune to what Christ is saying in your heart. Take care of you. Make sure that you are spending time with the Lord. You can't take somebody that you haven't been. Yeah. So if you haven't lived it, if you haven't jumped into this relationship with Christ with both feet and just absolutely surrender your entire life, then why would we ever expect somebody else to do that? When the world changes, when methodologies, methodologies change, mm -hmm. um, uh, one thing stays the same, and that's what the power of Christ can do inside of your life. So make that your focus. Um, and I think it, if I were to add on to that, maybe a secondary thing would be to make sure that you're listening. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I hate saying this because this really refers back to my generation and as leaders and stuff, I think that we have failed as a church to listen. Don't be afraid as a young leader to, to listen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're going to change God's word to support a, um, uh, a hot topic. Yeah, for sure. But you are listening to show value to somebody so they can see the power of Christ and the love of Christ inside of you because you're not just preaching at them. You're living life with them. Yeah. And the attributes of Christ that's inside of you becomes the attractive part that they want to be a part of. And so um, that's two things. Make sure you take care of you and your relationship with Christ. And secondly, make sure that you're listening to others. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to ask him just a random question off sure. of that because you were talking about the the way that we go about doing things that's always going to change so what what what's like the next thing that you possibly see right now as being like how we can change how we can continue to to be you know with the times mm-hmm. for as the church well i mean you're you're in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. you're in the middle of a um uh a season in which um, there is racial tension going on. Um, I, I think that the the greatest thing, what I've I've noticed and what I have been able to witness, what's going on right now is people are um, changing their mindset on what does. Um, anti-racism look like mm-hmm. um there is a an openness for the church to to listen instead of place judgment does that make sense yeah. in my generation we, we place judgment it's kind of like you got to do this the way that god says to do it otherwise you know you're out mm-hmm. and that's really not what we're trying to do i think that we're trying to demonstrate the love of christ and so if i would unpack that for you um this this season of Racial tension has brought leaders to a place that they're willing to listen and make changes. Let me give an example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, in my life, um, up to this this season, I've always looked at it and said, well, I've never uh, had prejudice. I've conducted myself well, and I have forgot to listen to those. It doesn't, doesn't make any difference if I've conducted myself well. It doesn't remove the tension that is present. It is, um, and I've come to the place where I need to take a greater responsibility in what's going on around me. Just because I'm not participating doesn't make me innocent. Mm -hmm. And I have to speak against it. I need to listen. I need to open up those conversations. And so I think that's one of the areas, that's the direction that we're going. I think we're, um, as a younger generation is coming through, you want to listen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be one of your greatest strengths. And so um, the important thing is that you keep God's word, God's word, and so it doesn't become one of your greatest weaknesses. Yeah. So true. So. Find out some great questions again, Cole. That's money. Let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, so my first question for you is, so we've had, I mean, we've had conversations in the past on like different leadership techniques and mm-hmm. tactics that you've used over the years. Um, and two of the main things that are consistently brought up is the idea of you need to establish a culture and then also this idea of you need to multiply yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of putting those two together, um, how would you establish a culture of raising leaders or multiplying yourself? Because it might be easy for like 
the person you're speaking into directly, but then three, four leaders down the line as they're multiplying themselves, how are you making sure that same culture, that same vision is still being passed on um, throughout all of them? Well, I think that's a couple of different subjects there, and those are massive subjects you're talking about. So the first one is this, how do you develop culture? Um, I guess my response to that would be that um, you, every generation of leaders past you will lose a piece of passion that goes with that. Mm. And so you need to make sure that you're leading with passion. And so those that you are directly involved with, those you're pouring your life into, that they also become passionate about the things that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so when they begin to mentor or to lead or to multiply themselves to the next season of leaders, that it um, has that core value, that passion that you brought to the table. Because you get five generations down the, down the line and they're not necessarily, they're doing what they're supposed to do because they're told to do it rather than the passion or the reason why you have made the decision to do it. So... Um, make sure that you're pouring into your young leaders. Now, one of the um, methodologies that I used in, in ministry is this, is that all of my leaders were expected to reproduce themselves. Yeah. And so if I would be inside of a ministry and we have 10 leaders in one year, in nine months, they were supposed to select and begin to have conversation with who they thought could replace them in leadership. And then at the end of that nine months, they would present that name to me as a pastor in the church. And the reason for that is because I think pastors, we're, we're more privileged with sensitive information that just everybody in the church don't know, you know? And so they talk to somebody and they seem like a great person um, and they want to be a charge of uh, children's ministry, but yet they've had an issue with that particular area of their life in mm -hmm. the past. Obviously they can't be a leader for you. Um, and the pastor would know that, but the common person coming to your church wouldn't know that. Mm -hmm. And so they get the person approved. Then over the next three months after that, they begin to assimilate. They begin to show them the responsibilities. They recruit them to be a part of the team. And then hopefully the goal is your 10 leaders become 20 leaders at the end of the year. I think God has called us to do that. You're responsible for uh, what God has done inside of your life. Mm -hmm. If you're a, a new convert today and, you, and today was the very first time you said, God, I, I surrender. God, I'm going to give my life to you, whatever you want to do um, through your Holy Spirit and me. Let me be obedient to that. Well, you're responsible to help others with that initial decision and to be able to talk about this incredible thing that God is doing inside of your life. If you've been a Christian for 10 years and God has and you've been discipled and you've become intuitive to his word and you um, then you're responsible to even pass on that maturity in Christ to the people and disciple somebody. And so I think God's called us to do that. What did he say? He said, go into all the world. Mm -hmm. Take what I've done inside of you and reproduce that in the people around you. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's the method that I used. Um, I think it's important that every Christian um, bear the responsibility of reproducing themselves. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, then obviously God says that he's going to build his church, right? But he's going to do that through us, and we have the opportunity to participate. So yeah. did I answer your question? Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so for this next question, uh, kind of to return back to what uh, we asked, I asked before, um, whenever it comes to, uh, you're talking about making sure that we do not stray away from, you know, mm -hmm. truth and also changing. 
Okay. What, what does that kind of look like? How can we still change yet still hold true to what God has taught us? How can we still act in that way? How can we continue to show love and respect um, for the change that's happening the way that Jesus would pretty much? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head in the latter part of your question. I mean, it boils down to how do you demonstrate the love of Christ to the people around you? Mm-hmm. Um, if people see anything in you besides the love of God, then it begins to repel them instead of attract yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, it's, you know, this the question you're kind of asking is, you know, what hill do I die on? What do I make an issue? What do I not make an issue? Mm-hmm. And how do I facilitate that? And... Um, I think people want to know God's truth. Yeah. And if we can do that in a non-condemning way and demonstrate what he's done inside of us and demonstrate the love that he has for the people around us. What did he say? You know, um, that while we're in the middle of our sin, he died for us, you Mm -hmm. know, yeah, for the most vulnerable moment of our entire life. He says, you know, even before you make any changes, I love you and I'm going to die for you. Is that really been the way that we've postured ourselves as leaders? Is that the way that we posture ourselves as pastors? Or have we said, you know, um, turn or burn? You know, that was a mm-hmm. terminology, you know, years ago when I was your age and I was growing up in church and mm-hmm. stuff and I was becoming a young leader, you know, they used, and it was just that type of polarization that's really hurt our culture even. Yeah. I mean, that's everywhere. And we need to make sure that we stop doing that. We become examples. Uh, we teach truth. Um, people want to be challenged at the end of the mm-hmm. day. They want to be challenged to, they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. That's kind of intuitive inside of us. And so invite them to be a part of it. And don't think that you have to change everything overnight. One of the things that I've noticed um, when I've talked to young leaders, it's, 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 it's if they assume that they need to take somebody from being an atheist all the way to being a disciple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if yeah. you can do that, I mean, God bless you because that's, <laughs> that's about impossible. But if you can take an atheist to just even thinking, well, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe there's a God, then you have helped them in this discipleship yeah. journey. So don't feel like you have to make them exactly who you are. Just help them along in the process mm-hmm. um, through obviously demonstrating the God's love. And then um, I've said this earlier, don't get stuck on what worked for you. Mm, yeah. Um, as a sophomore in high school, when I truly, um, I think I, I got saved like a hundred times growing up, <laughs> you know, you know, whether it was a VBS or, a uh, some type of, uh, service or something like that, you know, you hear something mm-hmm. and you feel scared and you get saved. But <laughs> as a sophomore in high school, I think is the moment that I really got saved. Um, it's when I really, um, asked God to take over my life. doesn't mean yeah. I haven't made mistakes since then. It just means that that was the moment that I was sincere. Mm-hmm. And um, I can tell you this, that the environment in which I accepted the Lord is probably not going to be the same environment that my son and, uh, accepted the Lord, that young people, mm-hmm. teenagers, the students of ISM, Illinois Student Ministries, it's not going to be the same environment that they accept. So don't get stuck on what happened to you. Try to create an environment for somebody else to be exposed to what Christ can do inside of them. When they're yeah. exposed to that, that's what's going to bring the excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. I, I want to also just touch on more of the, the turn or burn, like the, <laughs> that little bit. I'm right start there. using that. <laughs> I mean, burn, man. I mean the, thing, burn. the thing about that is like, you know, I was thinking about that this morning. That is so, like that is the, the preconception 
that everyone has coming into it, like hearing about Christianity, like you, like all non-believers immediately think of like the turn or burn kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and like you think about cancel culture today and I'm thinking, okay, we kind of did that before it all started happening here. It's our own fault. It's yeah. mostly our own fault because that was the whole thing, you know, like you, you sin, you're going to hell, you're burning in hell, like immediately, there's no grace whatsoever and that's our fault you know and i think it's very very important especially you know just for us to thus upcoming generation we need to be the ones to turn away from that you know we we think that um when we have a conversation with someone our default system would say that they know everything that we know Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, our default system would assume that they can have a conversation with us. And even though you've been a Christian for a long time, you've read the Bible and you've been discipled and you have all of these attributes that you've learned for your life, we assume in our head, like, well, obviously they know all that and they mm-hmm. don't. I'm reminded of a time I'm, as a youth pastor and we had a, a young lady accept Christ for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And this, now you have to understand, this is 15 years ago and older. This, this is a long time ago. Um, that's half your, that's more than half of your life, right? Only a third yeah, of mine, wow. but it's, it's more than half of your life. <laughs> oh all right? yeah, for so, sure. All right, so, um, and at the end, we, um, anytime somebody would accept Christ in our youth ministry, we gave them a fire Bible. We gave mm-hmm. them a, a Bible for them to take home and so they could get started. And she didn't know what a Bible was. It only emphasizes the fact that we assume that people know more than they know. Yeah. And be sensitive to that and love them and then help them on their journey. Um, you know, they might not, they might know that they need a savior and they might know that they need to surrender their life to that, but they might not know the context in which that's going to be mm-hmm. facilitated in their life. They might not, and they might even know, know even know what a Bible is. And so, can you imagine, you know, this is this is the generation that you are going to inherit. This is the generation yeah. that God has called you to win, you know, and so you have to know you're starting from scratch with most. If you get somebody who's genuinely not been in church their entire life and they come for the very first time, how are you going to help them on that journey? Yeah. Um, that's important for you to remember. Yeah. It's a big truth, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I'm hearing more and more just how the next generation has so much more to it than what we may realize at first. It's crazy. And if your approach is like my generation of turn and burn, yeah. then <laughs> the doors are shut, the ears are closed, and it's only going to present even more tension rather than give them the opportunity to at least hear truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, as you <clears throat> we're kind of talking about that one and like leading others, um, a lot of that comes from just your personal private relationship with the yep. Lord. And so, especially during this time in the pandemic, like people have had excess amounts of time to pursue that, to push forward in their personal relationship with excess. God. Excess, yes. <laughs> what I say? <laughs> like, no, I'm agreeing with you. That's a lot of time. Oh. We've definitely <laughs> yeah. had a lot of time. You made me feel like an idiot. Like I said, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. Um, <clears throat> and so what would you say are like practical ways for people to be leading themselves in this time, whether it's, mm-hmm self-care, self-help, mental help, whatever it is, how would you say are practical ways to lead themselves in this time? Sorry, another voice crack every week. Every week. (laughs) Well, I I think that there's some areas of your life that you always want to keep healthy. Um, 
uh, as I've talked to leadership groups, you know, whether it been at a conference or in a, a ministry setting, I've always talked to them about creating a personal growth plan. And I think that the pandemic has obviously given us the opportunity to really zero in on what does this personal growth plan look like for me because it's given you hours that you didn't have before. It's kind of like slow down the world and so you can be a more attentive to the things that you're doing. And so I would address that probably in four different areas. The first one is this, spiritually, you have to make sure that you are devoted and you're spending your time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, what Christ wants to do inside of you it will never be reproduced until you allow that to happen. And so oh, yeah. spiritually speaking, the pandemic has allowed me to spend a ton more time in my prayer time um, and you can, you. in my devotion time, in my preparation, in my studies, um, in unpacking certain chapters in the Bible. It's allowed me more time to do that because I feel like I've been incredibly guilty of allowing my calendar mm-hmm. to dictate my my agenda for the day. For sure. And I need to make sure that the Spirit of God is dictating my agenda for the day mm-hmm. and my calendar is a way that I'm facilitating what God has called me to do. And so that has been a big moment for me. And so make sure that you're taking care of yourself spiritually. Now, I've combined a couple of these for myself. You know, I went from um, being so dictated by uh, calendar that I'm traveling and I'm doing all the stuff that I'm doing that I'm not exercising, I'm not taking care of myself mm-hmm. physically. And so I turn my exercise into my prayer time. The entire time that I work out <clears throat> on, especially my runs, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to worship music, I'm trying to stay in tune with what God is saying to me. I'm trying to help understand um, uh, where he's taking me next. I want to hear his voice, um, especially on my runs. Now my, uh, my lifting times <laughs> might Jesus. be a little bit more. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. All right, make fun of me. You can do that. All right. He only gets away with that because he's my son. No, I'm just joking. Um, oh, don't get away with that. <laughs> no. We're going to have a talk. No, I'm just joking. Um, and so physically, um, why is it that the church feels like you can do everything that you can do but not take care of yourself physically? You know, mm-hmm. we are examples. And so that's one of the areas that we can demonstrate to people that we're disciplined. You mm-hmm. know, so take care of yourself physically. Um, I think it's incredibly also important that you maintain social relationships. Yep. You know, if there's anything that this environment, this COVID-19 and all this isolation causes people to feel like they're on an island by themselves and they're isolated in their house and they're just like, you know, laying on the floor in a fetal position or something like that. <laughs> and it's, and they have to get past that and you have to get on the phone and you have to create relationship mm-hmm. and you have to create interactions even when it's difficult to do that. Um, social relationships are incredibly important. Um, and then make sure that you're, uh, I mean, med- mentally, that you're staying focused. Mm-hmm. Um, your mental health, uh, I know that Josh had mentioned this earlier, your, uh, your, your mental self-care and that sort of stuff, your mm-hmm. mental health and what are you doing. Make sure that you are staying in tune with that. Uh, if you're discouraged, make sure you have somebody to talk to. If you're struggling, make sure you have an accountability partner and accountability only works when you're vulnerable and you're Mm -hmm. actually going to give into that relationship and you're going to give that person permission to speak into your life. So, so make sure that you're doing that and make sure that your mental health stays strong. So there you go. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Sweet. All right, so my last question here. Well, here's my question for you. So in your in your okay. uh, personal growth plan now, how are you going to do those things? 
I think mm-hmm. the, the follow-up question to this, and not that I'm trying to help you guys with questions for me, but is now how do I facilitate that? Yeah. You, everybody should have a plan in front of them. I'm going to exercise this many times a week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, this is going to be my devotion time every week, and this is how I'm going to be committed to it. Here's the extracurricular reading that I'm going to do on top of that because you want to read from other authors, get other authors' perspective on Mm -hmm. what it is that we're going through and whether it's a given subject or just leadership principles or spiritual endeavors um, by themselves. Um, And how are you going to mentally take care of yourself? If you don't actively put it down on paper and be able to – if you can't measure your goal, it's really not a goal at all. It's just Mm -hmm. a dream. So, Amen. Come on. Let's go. I love that because, you know, Josh, I know at least Josh knows I do like a daily to-do list every single day or yeah. try to at least. And Everyone so, knows who follows <laughs> you. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, you know that's what I do pretty much every single day. And I do that because, like like you said, it's it's something that it, it helps. It helps me definitely. And I also do it so it can hopefully encourage you guys as well because it's just it's important to have those things like written down and as goals that you strive to accomplish. So anyways, my next question, my final question here, um, you definitely touched on how in this world of change, Jesus should always stay constant, right? Like our our devotion to Jesus and uh, we should be adamant about keeping that as never changing. But what are some things other than that that you think is necessary to, to keep constant throughout? Well, and it's a loaded question because some of the methodology of doing that uh, requires you to um, be disciplined in how you use it. For mm-hmm. example, social media, it can be something that tears somebody away mm-hmm. from their relationship with Christ rather than using it as a tool to become better in our ministry, if that makes any sense mm-hmm. to you. Um, one of the things I love about today's culture is that the world has gotten smaller. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. in yeah. the leadership world, let's let's look at business. Okay, the CEO of an organization no longer has to fly to Japan to talk with people or even have a conference call on the phone. Literally, people from all over the world can be in one room on a Zoom call mm-hmm. participating. And so the world has become so much smaller. And so use the technology that's available to you mm-hmm. in a disciplined way that it doesn't interfere with your relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know, I, I downloaded TikTok for about an hour <laughs> and I'm not speaking against it. You know, I'm just letting you know. So, um, that already, and yeah. all of a sudden I was like, I did it because I wanted to see some of ISM stuff. I wanted yeah. to see some of the stuff that's out there because people are doing these TikTok videos and I wanted to be not necessarily, I'll never be an expert on it, but I wanted to know what was going on. <laughs> yep. And it's kind of like every other video was videos I really shouldn't see or shouldn't mm-hmm. want to see. And so I just streets. so I just deleted <laughs> it. You know, I had to take it off my phone yeah. because that's not something that I wanted to be exposed to. Um, not because of conspiracy, not because China's getting all my personal information <laughs> or any of that sort of stuff, but it was because I oh, really man. wanted, it's just not a, something I wanted to look at. So I, but I do think it's important that you use social media as a tool. Yeah. Um, Students today, leaders today are all over Instagram. So why are we not using Instagram to Mm -hmm. try to uh, declare and present God's love and his message to people? Um, I think it's incredibly important that you network and the ability to network has never been easier than it is now. That's kind of the concept of the world becoming smaller. Somebody that's on the other side of the planet can be in your living room on your and having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And it seems, and it, it, 
it feels at times that you can, you're even in the same room because it's, you're looking at each other, you're seeing your body language of each other. It's not mm -hmm. just a conversation on a telephone. Um, I think another area that you could challenge yourself in this changing world is making sure that you um, become a connoisseur of online ministry. In other words, know what's going on out there. Yeah. Um, you're not the expert on everything. In fact, most of the time we're not the expert on anything. Mm -hmm. Um but True. you can expose yourself to people who are experts on that online. And so the online presence has presented the opportunity for us to be exposed to the world's greatest leaders at our fingertips. Um, and then the last thing that I would say is uh, position yourself. Um, and I said this before, but position yourself to listen in this um, diversifying culture. Mm -hmm. Don't allow yourself to participate in the polarization Christ is the one thing that holds us together. And yeah. if he's our focus, then the polarization will stop and we can, we can meet somewhere. We might not agree with everything, mm -hmm. but we can agree on one thing, that there's only one way to heaven and only one way to the Father, and that's through his son. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. anyway, yeah, that's what awesome. I do. Sweet, thank you. I'm not very good at it, but I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really hard for me. I mean, I'm, I'm turning 50 this year, and it's really hard to <laughs> sit down and say, oh, what's going on on social media today? You know, I'd rather go outside, grab the glove, and play catch with my son, you mm -hmm. know? There you go. Uh, I'd rather, uh, it's difficult to um, schedule Zoom calls and all that different stuff, but I have to be intentional about doing it. Yeah. Otherwise, I will fall back, and I can um, not become as effective as God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. So... so. For our last question of the day, it's one we asked Pastor Phil, and we just wanted to ask you too. If you were to look into the camera, what was his answer? Well, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't he a question like a to us. It was, was a lot of things. Uh, yeah. he gave like three really great points. Yeah, for this one. Um, so, if you had all the students of ISM in front of you and you could say one thing to them, what would it be? It oh, could be man. a word of wisdom. It could be something funny. It could be whatever. Literally it's, anything you want. You had That's the like chance putting to me say on the spot, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, what would I say to the students of Illinois, Illinois Student Ministries? Um, you know, when I would go to churches, and this has been a kind of a life verse for me, um, and it's Ephesians 3.20, that God wants to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask, dream, or imagine. And I'm a dreamer. I'm somebody who can dream some pretty big dreams. Mm -hmm. um, and even that doesn't begin to contain what God wants to accomplish in my life. And so if I were mm -hmm. to talk to the Illinois Student Ministry specifically, I would say this, is that make sure you zero in on this relationship with Christ and allow him to dictate your future rather than you have an agenda or you have benchmarks that are that you've set before you. Mm -hmm. Make sure that the benchmarks and the goals that you have in life line up with what Christ wants to accomplish because it's in that that you're going to find your satisfaction. It's in that that you're going to um, find the contentment to, and be excited and passionate about the ministry that you're doing. But it's also in that that God has the opportunity to um, accomplish things in your life that you never thought was possible. Stay centered and allow Christ to do it, and he'll do more immeasurably more than you ever, ever ask. So that would be my advice to them. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Dad. Thank you for. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Pastor <laughs> Paul. Thank you, son. No. Thank you, Pastor Paul, for being on the show today. I will kick it back over to Pastor Chris. Hey, that was absolutely incredible stuff with Pastor Paul Heinzman. And again, I want to encourage you. If you didn't catch last week's episode, 
with Pastor Phil Schneider. Go back and check that out as well. These last couple of weeks have been filled with incredible wisdom and insight from two uh, in amazing leaders uh, from our very own district. Uh, we want to just remind you uh, to go ahead and follow us on everything that is streaming, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We absolutely love you guys, and we will see you next week on the ISM Show.